Hello, and welcome to this live recording from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This time from Pastor Graham Mabry. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy what God's got to say to you. Thank you. Please be seated. Thank you to our worship team and to Keith and uh, Simon and those who've prepared these fantastic segments and John. (laughs) Thank you, John. Uh, We are, of course, an international church, as Simon has been telling us, and we're intergenerational. And boys and girls, there are activity packs, but not just yet, because I want you kind of to stay with me, because God might want to speak to you this morning, quite specifically. I was having a, a great time with Alastair and Edith Bain yesterday, and Alastair told me that his sister, when she was nine years old, in a meeting, just the thought came to her, I'll be a missionary doctor, like Livingston. And when she became an adult, she was. But God spoke to her at nine. God spoke to my wife, Merle, at six. And she's followed in that ever since. He might speak to you this morning, boys and girls, and I need your help. By the way, seniors, wake up. (laughs) God spoke to Garth Icorn when he thought he was going into retirement, and street chaplaincy is the result. At 70, I don't find any age barriers in this book. And we're not here this morning to talk about Mission Impossible, but to go on Mission Impossible together. And I don't mind if you think my talk this morning is lousy. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it's a wonderful morning. And if he doesn't, it's a waste. Well, it's fun. But we want to see changed lives. We're talking about courage. So I guess it's a smart idea for me to switch this on for a start, that would be really smart, but also it's a smart idea for us to get some idea of what courage is. Courage is the ability to do something that frightens us. I love that little guy. It's strength in the face of pain or grief. So boys and girls, here's where I need your help for a start. Who are some people you can think of who show courage? Yes, that was Daniel. Yes, he did. Who else in our our community? Who shows courage? Who shows courage? Your dad. Okay, well, some people who show courage in our community, lifesavers, firemen, police, people who put themselves in harm's way to protect us, the military. Over on the right, Walt Disney. Was he courageous? My word, he was. If you go to Disneyland or Disney World these days, don't forget when Walt Disney's first company was formed, it went broke. When his second company was formed, most of his animators left. He had a complete nervous breakdown at another part of his journey. He had to show courage. And that man on the other side is Barry Marshall. He's a Perth boy. Barry Marshall has won the Nobel Prize for medicine. But what he did was he was the guy who thought, hang on, stomach ulcers aren't caused by what we're being told. These people are, some people are dying. This is a nasty little bug called Helicobacter pylori. Helicobacter pylori. And I'm going to prove that. And what he did was to get the, he experimented on the only person that he legally could himself. He got some Helicobacter pylori and he took them himself and gave himself ulcers, and then used antibiotics to cure them. Took courage to get that Nobel Prize. Boys and girls, I don't want you to tell me this, but think about a time, and mums and dads, when have you had to show courage? Think about a time, because it'll be different for everybody, different sorts of courage. 
Here's the question. When you're thinking about when you've had to show courage, here's a question. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up in a minute. Can you show courage when you're scared? Can you show courage when you're frightened? Is that possible? Hand up those who think, yes, you can show courage, boys. Who thinks that? Boys and girls, get those hands up, boys and girls. I'd put them up right now if I was you, because you're right. You're the ones who are correct. The only time you can show courage is when you're scared. If you're not scared, you don't need courage. You can only have courage when you're scared. God always calls us to Mission Impossible. Simon said, 11 people in a captured city of Jerusalem. Rome had the power. Greece still had a slice of it. Jesus says, take this to the whole world. And today, Mission Impossible is almost mission accomplished. Two, one in every three people on the planet are Christians. About 31%. God always makes it mission impossible. He does it quite deliberately. Paul told the crazy Greeks in Corinth that God always chooses the weak things so that it'll be obvious that the power, the all-surpassing power, comes from him and not us. So when God calls you, he's going to call you to something scary. Say I asked you to choose somebody to walk, as Keith told us, from the Atlantic Ocean to the Indian Ocean across Africa. I don't think anybody in this room would choose the skinny little boy in poverty, scrambling around under machines in a mill, tying loose threads and breathing in cotton fibre and loose dust. But God chose him. And... God is still choosing us. The whole purpose of this series is for you to hear God's call to you, whatever your age. God is still choosing us. God is still inviting us to go on Mission Impossible. We talked about volunteering for MPK. Do you know one of the biggest influences on David Livingston's life was his Sunday school teacher, David Hogg? Maybe God is calling you to shape a young life that will change the world because of the call of God. When God calls you, you will always hear three verses, three voices. I wish my mouth would work and it'd help. When God calls you, you always hear three voices. The first is God, the second is you, and the third is the devil. God will say, and do this. This is how it goes. God, you devil, follow me and do this. I can't do that. You're quite right. (laughs) It's always the way that it is. And that's how it would have been for Joshua. A young man called Joshua is called to Mission Impossible. In fact, it was such a scary thing that God asked him to do that he told him to be courageous and he told him to be courageous more than once. So just before you get your activity packs, boys and girls, I'm going to read the Bible story to you. Can you listen in and count how many times does God tell Joshua to be courageous? It's going to come up on the screens. It's in Joshua chapter 1. Here we go. Start counting. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land that I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, all the way to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. 
No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn to it from the right or the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day or night, day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. Have not I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Who thinks God told him once? Who thinks God told him twice? Who thinks God told him three times? You are brilliant, stone, motherless, brilliant, so good that you can have activity packs. Boys and girls, if you come down the front, grab your activity packs, I'll keep talking to the mums and dads, but you keep listening to God because he may want to talk to you. Let me give you the background to that little interaction between Joshua and the Lord. 40 years before, Moses had, spent, had sent 12 spies into that land, into the promised land. And all the spies came back and said, this land is amazing. This is stunning. Ten of them said, this is amazing and this is impossible. Absolutely impossible. The people who live there are powerful. They're giants. The cities are fortified and very large. We seemed like grasshoppers in our eyes. They're so huge and powerful, we felt like grasshoppers. See, if you focus on the giants, you unleash a monster. Boys and girls, as you're going back to your activity packs, you know about the Incredible Hulk? You know about him? And you know how when he gets angry, he kind of changes and just explodes and goes green? Yeah? Well, if you look at the giants, you unleash the Incredible Hulk in your heart. And the Incredible Hulk is called fear. So the incredible Hulk, fear, is unleashed in your heart. And you'll think, this is impossible. I simply cannot do this. If Joshua had listened to fear, here is what fear would have said to him. Joshua, everything that terrified your parents 40... Hey, Beck, was that something I said? (laughs) Everything that terrified your parents 40 years ago is still there. The giants are still there. The walled cities are still there. It's all still there. But hey, guess what, Joshua? Moses isn't. Hey, now you're a great deputy. You're a good number two. But you, number one, can you lead these people? You've only ever been number two. Oh, and just by the way, the Jordan River is in full flood. Isn't that just the cherry on the icing on the cake of impossibility? Happy birthday, Joshua. What did God say to Joshua? Get in there, get over, I will go with you, no one will be able to stand before you, I will be with you every step of the way. You see, I love Max Licardo's description of fear. He says, fear is the bully in the high school hall that dominates, he's brash, he's loud, he's unproductive, he drives you into a cell and he slams the door shut and he won't share your heart with anybody. I mean, who ever thought of having fear and peace? Who ever heard of having fear and mercy? Who ever thought of having fear and clear thinking? 
Once you watch the giants and listen to fear, that's all there is. He dominates. Fear is a jailer that we need to evict. And fear is a liar. And we need to expose that. Fear is a liar. Those Canaanites, those Israelites that came back and said, we can't do this, it's impossible. They said, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked that way to them. They thought we were grasshoppers. That is a lie. See, Moses sent 12 spies. Joshua was smart. He thought, hang on, Moses sent 12. Ten of them were duds. I'll I'll cut expenses. I'll just send two. So he sent two spies in and a lady called Rahab. You can check this out later. Rahab helps them. But listen to what Rahab said to the two spies that she helps. She says, We know that the Lord has given you this land. All who live in this country are melting in fear because of you, because we saw how the Lord dried up the Red Sea. These giants had been melting in fear for 40 years. Fear is a liar. And there's another lovely little twist. God put Joshua at the Jordan when it was in flood on purpose. And here's why. The Canaanite people worshipped Baal. And they believed Baal ruled over floods and rivers and oceans. 40 years ago, God had dried up the Red Sea. And these water God worshipping people thought, we're done. And God comes to the flooded Jordan 40 years later and says to the Canaanites, remember me? (laughs) Hello, I'm back. This river's in flood. These people walked straight through it. I dried up the Red Sea. I dried up this river. I am God, Baal is not. But Joshua had to be faced with a flood or none of that could happen. God deliberately gives us mission impossible. And we're not just talking history. When God's scary call comes, it comes at all times. Keith and Pam answered God's call about 50 years ago. They've had 45 years on mission and tonight you can hear Pam's story. So it's worth coming back, I promise you. But not two years ago, God called, and I'm glad our teenagers are with us today. God called a teenager from this church to go to Uganda on his own to an orphanage. He checked out that it was God. You've always got to do that. Check it against the Bible. Check it with other mature Christians. But that was Marcus. He does the visual stuff that you're seeing here today, the the movie type stuff. Our church announcements and those, Mission Impossible, all that. He's a very talented young man. God calls him and he knows it's God and he's being asked to go to Uganda on his own for three months, not in a church team. I asked him, how did he feel and how did he get through? Thanks, guys. I remember being very scared to go on my trip to Uganda. I was just a teenager. It was my first time to Africa and I was going alone for three months. I was very scared because I realised I had no control, but that's where God wanted me to be so that he could show me that he was in full control. What got me through my fears was looking back at the past and seeing what God has already done. From our tiny perspective, we often forget to see uh, God's guiding hand through our whole lives. We experience life through the front windscreen, but we only make sense of it in the rearview mirror. And when I look back through my life, I can see so clearly that God has given me the skills and put me in the right places to be exactly where he wants me to be. God has used that three-month trip to Uganda to open up so many new doors. 
Next month, I'll be traveling back to Africa to serve as a documentary filmmaker and a photojournalist in Uganda and Ethiopia. I'll be working with some very poor communities and also with a nomadic Muslim tribe working in rural Ethiopia. Once again, I'm very scared and stressed for this trip. But when I look back at the past, at how faithful God has already been in my life, he gives me strength to go further. How about that? Huh? How about that? What's Jesus saying to you? Because he is. What's his call to you? What are you not wanting to hear? Because it's scary. It opens the door to abundance. Marcus says, God put me where I had no control so I could learn that he was in full control. And I got through by focusing on God's faithfulness to me in the past. Ten spies looked at the giants and said, we can't do it. Joshua and Caleb said this, don't be afraid of the people of this land. We will devour them. And the actual Hebrew is, I think it's King James says, they are bread for us. In other words, this is a piece of cake. We're going to eat them. Why? Because they're silly and brash? No. Their protection is gone, and they knew that 40 years before. The Lord is with us. See, the key thing is the Lord is with us. Being courageous is impossible unless we know the Lord is with us. Being courageous means knowing that the Lord is with us. So before God tells Joshua three times to be courageous, he bookends it. At the front and the back, he gives him a crucially important promise. And there it is on the screen. At the front, he says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. At the end, he says, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Why could a skinny little Scots kid in poverty walk across Africa? David Livingston wrote in his journal, Lord, take me anywhere. Only go with me. Only go with me. Moses said, God, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't take us anywhere. Because the only way nations will know we're different is because you are with us. See, the only difference we have is Jesus, and the only difference we need is Jesus. Brennan Manning talks about people who are down to their... All they have left is their wounds and their last shred of hope. And I felt like the Lord said there's some people sitting in here this morning exactly like that, as I was preparing this week. You've just got your wounds and your last little bit of hope. Well, listen to these words from Manning's book, The Relentless Tenderness of Jesus. All you may have left are your wounds and your last shred of hope, but with the risen, victorious Jesus at the center of your life, you win. That was all the early Christian community had against Jerusalem, Rome, and Athens, and the Christians won. That's history. They only had Jesus, and we keep thinking we need something else. Think of a giant, Goliath. He's the one everybody knows. When an, when an army, when a seasoned army is terrified, why does a little shepherd boy become a giant slayer? Because when that little shepherd boy was out with his sheep, he got to know his shepherd. He got to know the Lord who is my shepherd. And when David wrote, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, he wrote it because he had. A lion came to attack his flock and a bear came to attack his flock and he put his life on the line for the flock like a good shepherd and God delivered the bear and the lion. He didn't say, I'm smart, I beat him. He said, the Lord delivered them into, delivered me out of their hand. 
And when he sees Goliath, he thinks, What's, does this guy know what he's doing? He's defying the armies of the living God. And he says, the Lord who delivered me from the lion and the bear will deliver me from you. And all the world will know there is a God in Israel. That is where courage comes from, knowing the Lord who is with me. See, the soldiers looked at the giant and they thought, I can't fight him. David looked at his God and thought, I can't miss him. (laughs) I'm good with a stone. Look at the size of that guy. I can't miss. Michael W. Smith has a lovely new song. Our, Our son Paul played on it. And he sings, this is how we fight our battles. You may think, and it may look, like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I am surrounded by you. If you forget everything else I say this morning as we wrap up, remember this one thing, guys. Remember this one thing. Thanks, Ed. I want you to dismiss any dogma that causes you to doubt his word or distrust his character. Dismiss any, I don't care who wrote the book, I don't care what his theological qualifications are or hers, I don't care how long you've journeyed with them, if it causes you to doubt God's word that he won't keep these promises or distrust his character, then then dismiss it. Get it out of doors. Dismiss any dogma that causes you to distrust his word or doubt his character. Reuben was a pastor called to be a pastor, had a great ministry. In 2003, his wife, Rosalind, had a dream. And in that dream, she saw him speaking to a large crowd. Wasn't that unusual? He did that. He was a successful pastor. Thing was, this crowd was white and snow was falling. And Reuben was a pastor in Lagos, Nigeria. Here he is. And that dream was the start of several events that caused he and Rosalind to uproot their lives and go to England and plant what is now Hope Centre in York. Let's have the next slide. Thanks, Ed. See, it's interesting. In 1841, God takes Livingston from England to Africa. In 2003, he takes Reuben and Rosalind from Africa to England. Another Ethiopian pastor, and boys and girls, there's an Ethiopian comes to Jesus in the book of Acts. You can find that sometime. But an Ethiopian pastor by the name of uh, Germa Bincho said this, Britain brought the gospel to us in the past. Now by God's providence, we are here when Christianity is very much challenged. He was called to London. God takes, where God takes you is irrelevant. It is that God is taking you. It's that the Lord is leading you. It's that we're following Jesus. As we wrap up this morning, what's he calling you to do? This is not about how others answered the call. This is about Jesus calling you. And he is calling you. Where's he calling you? What's he calling you to? Like Peter and James and John at their fishing nets and like Matthew at his tax collector's table, Jesus stands in front of you in your retirement. In your primary school years, young teenagers like Marcus was and says, follow me, I'll make you. Oh, by the way, all authority and power is mine. It's given to me in heaven and on earth. I totally defeated the giants. What is your heart saying? Because courage 
lives and breathes and has its being in your heart. Courage is all about the heart. Thanks, uh, thanks, Ed. Courage is all about the heart. That's where the word comes from. In Latin, cor is heart. There, and we get courage. Courage in old French is actually your heart. And Jesus made, the, the Gospels start again. The Bible makes it absolutely plain what drives out fear. Perfect, there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives fear out of doors. Perfect love. What is perfect love? Love, agape is the, is the word there. It's God's selfless love. What, when is God's love made perfect? It was made perfect when Jesus on the cross said, finished, teleo. And this verse here says, there is no fear in love, but when, but teleo agape. Teleos agape. In other words, when God's love has been perfected, and on the cross it was, there was nothing more for love to do. And he can not only be with us because of the cross, but in us. Let's pray together. There's lots more I would have loved to share with you this morning about how vital the word of God is and Jesus giving us the word But the crucial thing this morning is this. The one who calls you says, take my yoke. I am yoked to you. I share this with you. Put your burden on my shoulders. I'll carry it. Cast your cares once and for all on me because I care deeply for you. Maybe the Spirit's talking to you this morning about things in your life which are causing you to distrust God's promises or Daddy's character. Maybe you know the Holy Spirit is saying, follow me, take the step. Take my yoke. I had a particularly strong battle with fear this week. It seems like as I was preparing to talk about driving out fear and being courageous, everything that makes... I always struggle with fear. And everything that presses my buttons happened, one thing after another. And one night, lying awake in the wee small hours, I was crying out to God. And words of scripture just started to come back to me. And I was directed to a psalm I don't particularly know well, 94. And sitting, like Merle's asleep, so I was reading it off my phone, so it's not disturbing anybody. And I read these words, when my anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me hope. And this morning I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to many of us, trust me, cast your cares on me, don't let discouragement get you, it is not over, it is just beginning. My anointing breaks yokes. You'll never know till you get to heaven what has been going on. But I am with you. I've carved you on the palms of my hand. You are always before me. We hope you enjoyed this message from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. If you'd like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, then you can contact the team at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church by calling the office during office hours on 9329 Thanks for joining us. We look forward to your company again soon. God bless.